Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, your Texas football blanket fort. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. That's what they call her. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, friends. My headset just doesn't feel. It's not. It's well, nobody touched. I it's did. not in. Yeah. Hell. Oh, no wonder. I was going to say nobody touched dome. it. And then I remembered that I wore it yesterday. For <laughs> stuff. It's it's not right in the in the dome groove here. Well, I can't get it. I can't well, get it right. Who could possibly imagine why? Today is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. 73 days until Thanksgiving. We are closing in, folks. Happy birthday to, um, boy, I don't know. Oh, Roald Dahl. Who is that? James the Giant Peach. Um, Matilda the BFG. Those... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He's dead, though. Happy birthday <laughs> to, ben, to Ben Savage. Jeez. <laughs> you still have a birthday even when you're dead. I guess you have a date of birth. It wouldn't seem well, that. Okay. Anyway. Uh, it's episode 1,455, which by the way, if you downloaded yesterday's podcast and it was mislabeled as 1455, that's on me. My bad. I have since corrected it. On today's show, friends, big show, big show. We're going to run through the top five college football moments of the weekend, uh, the five biggest moments of the college football weekend. Then we're going to be joined by Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday on TexasFootball.com and Texas Football Today. We'll talk high school football with him. And then, back half the show, we're going to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. So stay tuned for that. But first, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Elvin Prince, Josh Windham, Stop. Rob Hathaway, and Nick Morton. You've Welcome in, to, fellas. You've got to be better about that. I swear. You'd... I think, well, Josh keeps coming back, so I'm just going to assume that Josh is okay with it. If not, Josh, you can comment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not many people get a nickname around these parts, so... That is true. I was pumped for him. Yes. All right, Pickle. It is time to roll out the... It is time to roll out the week two 
biggest, five biggest moments of the college football weekend. So it was a big weekend of college football across the state of Texas. And of course, you can have, uh, you should go back and listen to the hurry up episode of the, uh, the recap episode of a Republic of Football, wherever you get your podcasts, they'll do a much deeper dive. But for us, what we want to do is we want to go through and talk a little bit about what the moments that defined the weekend were, what the biggest moments and what they mean going forward. And so I picked out five moments. There are a lot of them I could have chosen from. Mm -hmm. But these are five moments that I think really encapsulate what we saw this weekend and what it could mean going forward in Texas college football. Starting with number five. They're going to pass it. Pressure coming from the Wolfpack. Wide open on the sideline. Again, it's Chafin. And it's a touchdown for Darian Chafin. The exclamation point for the Cardinals. No flags on the play. It will count. It will stand. Well done by Incarnate Ward. Executing it in a big time. It's Incarnate Ward's Lindsey Scott Jr. Uh, finding Darian Chafin for a what ended up being a game-sealing touchdown against Nevada mm-hmm. as they go on the road against an FBS opponent and get a win. Uh, 55 to 41. And this was a real gutty win for, for Incarnate Ward. Not only, obviously, look, they're playing at an FBS team, mm-hmm. but they were down 17 to 3 in this ballgame uh, in the first quarter. Uh, like late in the first quarter, they were down 17 to 3. They claw all the way back and win this game in a wild one, 55 to 41. And I think it's time to start talking about Incarnate Ward in really serious terms. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Scott Jr. has been fantastic. Of course, Cameron Ward's now off. He did his own thing this weekend. Right, going and being Wisconsin at Wisconsin for Wazoo, mm-hmm. D- but Lindsey Scott Jr. stepped in beautifully. Darian Chafin set a school record: two hundred sixty-two yards and two touchdowns receiving. He was fantastic. Um, look, do you want to give up four hundred and seventy-eight yards total offense every week? No, no, no. Thumbs down to that. But you are playing on the road at FPS opponent. I thought this was a really impressive win for Incarnate Word. Well, and I think this is them being able to say, when you look around that portion of the state, you have obviously UTSA just down Mm -hmm. the road, but then you also have Texas State not too far from there. And Texas State got blown out by Nevada. So Mm -hmm. I feel like this was UIW saying, hey, like if you're a fan of just football and you want to come watch good football being played, why are you going to either of those? Come watch us. And that's big for that part of the world. I think this was a huge win for them and could really set the table for what could be a special year for Incarnate word i thought it was the five fifth biggest moment of the weekend number four like i said i didn't think it was a foul but Jalen mcleod needs to be smart there and realize there's no benefit to hitting the quarterback once the ball is gone king held the mesh too long quarterback just needs to make a decision so that is a first down play in the final drive for A&M against Appalachian State. And, and and this requires a little bit of context. So Appalachian State has just taken the lead uh, on a field goal. There's about eight minutes left in the game. Plenty of time. Plenty of time for A&M, but possession has really been at a premium. Okay? Possession's been at a premium. They've only scored one offensive touchdown so far. They're down 17 to 14. Mm-hmm. Eight minutes left, though. Plenty of time. And they start cooking. They start moving down. They get a nice uh, roughing the passer penalty on third and 20, which converts a first down. Um, Haynes King finds Evan Stewart for a 20-yard gain. Uh, Devon Achan 
a chain rather, uh, a 12 yard run. And suddenly they're at the App State 34. Mm -hmm. They're at the App State 34. There's like five and a half minutes left. Five, like right around five minutes left. And, and AM's like, all right, starting to cook. Yeah, here we go. Finally, the getting offense the is getting some rhythm, stuff like that. That play right there, it first and 10 at the App State 34, was so indicative of everything that AM couldn't do against Appalachian State. It literally took the wind straight out of their sails. They all fit. Everything felt like they were on, like, different page. Mm -hmm. Different page. By the way, next next play, second and 11, incomplete. Then third and 11, he finds Yule Keith Brown, but for only five yards. Caden Davis comes out, and he hits the 47-yard field goal fat, and he misses it. And App State ends up running out the clock seven, and wins 17-14. And a big upset went, loss. That eliminates functionally. Would you agree with this? This functionally eliminates A and M from the playoff conversation. Yes, absolutely. Like even if they were to run the table and win the SEC, mm -hmm. it would be you would really have to talk them the uh, the committee into putting a team that lost at home to App State. Yeah, because they take a look at anytime you have a notch in the loss column, you're already bumped down 57 right. notches. Now, if you if your one loss is to Alabama, if your one loss is to Ohio State or any of the other teams that will likely make the thing, that's not App State, especially but at home. You hit the nail on the head here's, at home. Here's the other issue, though. The other issue is that this is indicative of what has been a huge problem for A&M over the last two or three seasons, mm -hmm. two seasons for sure, which is this offense is awful. This offense has got problems. Mm -hmm. This offense has serious, serious problems. It's bigger than Haynes King, although he's not holding up his end of the bargain. It's bigger than the offensive line, although they're not holding up their end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than the receivers, although they're not holding up their end of the bargain. The only person on this offense right now who I feel like is probably pretty blameless is Von A. Chang. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. Yep. And Everyone else, like, it is a... It is a for for a team that is supposed to have all of these weapons offensively, and don't take the defense off the hook. Who mm -hmm. gave up third down conversion after third down conversion and couldn't get App State off the field last year? We thought that the defense would be able to carry while the offense right. kind of figured it out, and the defense didn't do that. And I don't think the defense on paper is as good this year as they would have been as we thought they were going to be last year. There's serious issues, systemic issues with this A and M offense, and that play right there, I think, is really indicative of the issues. Mm -hmm. Number four. Number three. It's not even on the field. Shapen out of the shotgun, and we got more linen on the field. Wow. False start on the 63 offense. Is that the noise, Robert? How does that happen? From the 12. Shapen into the end zone, and BYU wins it. Baylor's last second, last last chance against BYU in double overtime. And I included two moments there into one because they tell the whole story. Because mm -hmm. let me tell you about one of the big issues with Baylor right now, and especially this past week against BYU. Boy, they cannot stop committing penalties. They literally look like the Dallas Cowboys. They... <laughs> I'm going to look this up. They've got to be one of the most penalized teams in, in America. I mean, they... It was constant. Baylor, <laughs> Baylor is, that's right. There's 131 FBS teams, right? 131 mm -hmm. FBS teams. 
as far as penalty yardage per game, they are 128th. 96 yards per, of penalties per game in, two, in their first two games. So okay? literally the length so, of the field. Right. So that's part of it. That's part of it. But then it also sets up so that so it's, it, it was fourth and it was fourth and goal at like the at like the six right fourth and goal at the six, your whole playbook's basically open at that point fourth and goal at the six you've got a lot of things you can do if you want to run the ball, you could run the ball there. There's some things you can do at fourth and six. Mm-hmm. Fourth and eleven, for Baylor, as their offense exists right now, is a non-functional down for them. Mm-hmm. Their passing attack is like they cannot get guys open. They cannot win one-on-ones on the outside. Like their biggest, like their leading receiver right now, it might be Ben Sims. Let me see this. Which no, it's Hal Presley. It's Hal Presley. And, and Monterey Baldwin's the other guy who's been doing that. But Ben Sims is like, he's he's got the most receptions. He's, they do not have any sort of downfield, consistent downfield passing attack. Blake Shapin's part of the problem. But I think a lot of it is they just don't have guys basically outside of Monterey Baldwin on the outside, who can challenge you? Mm-hmm. And so when they backed that up, when they committed that fourth, that that false start there, like which is, of course, a huge problem itself, mm-hmm. it basically took it from a play they can, they've got a, a decent chance of converting to like, no, not going to happen. Fourth which, and 11, like they're just not going to get 11 yards. Which is just so wild because I feel like the thing that we always boast loudest about with the Dave Aranda team is their discipline. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very he's a coach that very much implements discipline within his team and to see between the penalties and then see just nothing being able to form on that offense is, mm-hmm. is wild. It's not characteristic. Mm-hmm. So Baylor takes their first loss of the year and drops to number 17, in the rankings number two young under pressure place contained young runs it young first down and more. What a play by the Heisman trophy winner. Bryce Young, a 19-yard gain, dodging bullets. Wants the transfer from Ohio State, misses the tackle. Boom, Young dips under. Look at him, he goes down, dips in towards the line of scrimmage, and then he's out, outside. Oh, the flexibility, athleticism, the awareness. Bryce Young's Houdini act against Texas to rally and eventually get the game-winning field goal. Um. At some point, you just have to tip your cap to an incredible play. Oh, yeah. Because that's an incredible play. That one and the touchdown that he threw mm-hmm. to win it mm-hmm. were both just, you you can't stop it. It was it was an awful throw. I mean, it was a great throw, awful position, the way that his body was warped. You can't beat that. It was a pretty remarkable play there to dip out. Ryan Watts is going to be seeing that in his nightmares. Yes. Because that is a, if he comes up with that sack. Mm-hmm. If he comes up with that sack, especially at that moment in the game, in the final minute, basically, mm-hmm. the final minute, the yardage is part of it because it's going to make it like second and like 18, mm-hmm. right? That's part of it. But more importantly, for an Alabama offense that had finally started to find its rhythm, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it flips back over and Texas is going to be able to, to come up with big plays. Mm-hmm. That, that play won the game. I'm yes. convinced yeah. that that play won the game by him dipping out, dipping underneath that that sack, and finding a way to convert that. That was a backbreaker for Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of positives for Texas to take out take out of that, but like in the end, you are what your record says you are, and Texas has is one and one. 
It was a good loss, mm-hmm. but it's a loss nonetheless. And they had an opportunity to win that if that if they can. I swear, I'm not saying that that guarantees a win, but they sure are a lot like more. It. But that I. But when he converted that, that that was the game. Well, and especially that's the best that I've seen a Texas defense play in mm-hmm. years. That entire game mm-hmm. until that very 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 last drive was. Mm-hmm where that would have, in my mind, sealed the deal yep. because they had played lights out the entire game. Mm-hmm. They needed one more stop, and they couldn't get it. Give a lot of credit to Bryce Young. He won the Heisman for a reason. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the second biggest play of the weekend, biggest moment of the weekend. Number one! Texas Tech has to go to NC State next week. This is the ball game right here. Smith finds an open man. Can he get there? Yes! Yes, he can! That's Jerron Bradley, and the game is on. Texas Tech converts 4th and 20 in overtime against Houston in route to a double overtime victory. I don't even know where to begin with this. First and foremost, what a spectacular play by Donovan Smith. It's a very good play. Remaining calm, buying time, waiting for Jerron Bradley to come across and then Bradley, to turn it up and get there, mm-hmm. was impressive. What is Houston's defense doing? I don't know, man. What What's the call there? You got to be def- – You like, I got to be honest, and I'm not a defensive coordinator, okay? Obviously. If they throw a touchdown pass over your head mm-hmm. and, like, they just happen to beat you over the top, you tip your cap and you move on. Mm-hmm. You cannot give up 22 yards on 4th and 20. No. You just can't. You can't. You defend that You defend that down marker. That's it. And instead, he catches, he comes free across the middle, is able to get to the sticks and pick up 21 on 4th and 20. They end up scoring, then force a field goal, and then, and then win it on Donovan Smith's walk-off touchdown. This is, this is the biggest moment of the weekend in Texas college football for a couple of reasons. One... It it essentially ends the state of Texas's chances of making the college football playoff. Right. I think it would be awesome if TCU ran the table. I think it would be super cool if SMU ran the table or Texas Tech, but like I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Houston was the best opportunity for the state of Texas to crash the college football playoff party. Mm-hmm. Them or like a if A and M or Texas really like overachieved. Not gonna happen, right? Now it's done. That's part of it. It also, I think, is a huge win for Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. We talked about, with Mike Craven, we talked about what an important game this was for Tech as far as their place in the new Big 12. Because Houston's coming in mm-hmm. next year. To to go out there and to get that win, I thought was a real watershed moment for Texas Tech. That's the biggest win at home in quite a while. Oh, yeah. Them. And, I mean, if you want to go to the head coaching perspective, that's a huge win for Joey McGuire in the fact that they were able to get it done in double overtime at home. That, if that would have been on the road, it would have been a little bit different. But the fact that they he showed the grit to get his guys to perform in overtime against an opponent that's fixing to be in the Big 12, that's massive. That feels like proof of concept from Joey McGuire. Yes. It's one game. It's one game, mm-hmm. right? And they're probably going to NC State this week and losing, to be real. They're probably going to. Mm-hmm. And, but that also, we're going to look at that 4th and 20. And let's say Houston runs the table from here. We're going to look at that 4th and 20 as the play that cost them an opportunity to make the playoff. Yep. We're also going to look at that 4th and 20 
as maybe the play that got Tech into a bowl game. Because you look at their schedule, a lot easier to count to four than it is to five from here on out. Anyway, Tech's Tech's fourth and 20 conversion in overtime. The biggest play, biggest moment of the college football weekend. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Can we talk about the Impactful Leadership Award? We sure can. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support communities they serve every day by spotlighting impressive young people and their schools through the Impactful Leader Program. This week, we're proud to recognize Cameron Jones of Plano Senior High School uh, with the Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha. You can read more about what makes Cameron a great leader at TexasFootball.com. First National Bank of Omaha, the great big small bank. And now... A word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR now. Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage, and every parent wants their child to be the best. But is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics? Location, coaching style, financial aid. There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Dave today download the free college recruiting guide that's athletes to athletes.com athletes to athletes.com slash dave campbell or scan that qr pickle let's go to the hotline week four of the texas high school football season is upon us and who better to talk about it with than the hall of famer himself we go live to austin texas to talk to the man the myth the legend the hall of famer it's craig way and craig i just want to know how Friday night slash Saturday morning went for you because I saw you tweet from the stadium at like 9.30 in the morning, like six hours after I had seen you in person in a different part of the state. And all I thought was, man, this guy's got to be dragging right now. Well, you know, the, the, the offer was there for you, Tap, to, to roll down there with me, you know. 
you, you had it. You had a chance. You could have had a couple of good seats, you know, to see a heck of a football game yeah. there. So um, something about adrenaline, you know, uh, uh, to get an opportunity to call a game like that, that Texas-Alabama game, it kind of the adrenaline carries the day. And so I'd, it really didn't hit me that much at, to, to let you know time-wise. Uh, when we got done off the set, I hopped in the truck. You saw me drive away and said bye and hoped I probably wouldn't crash. And I didn't, I, you know, managed to roll all the way back. And I got back to the house relatively quickly enough and lay down for a little bit, then got up and went to the stadium, called a football game. Now, did I, you know, conk out in my, uh, in, in my chair back at the house in the early evening, probably, but, uh, but it was good. It was, it was a good thing. I'll make you another offer. You want to, if you want to hop in with me after we get done, uh, a week from this Friday and do the pulley all nighter drive to Lubbock, uh, we can do that too. Yeah. Let me run that by my boss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you do. yeah, that's, uh, we both got bosses. Um, all right. Uh, cause I was the other thing about that. And I told you this before you, before you left, I was like, man, uh, like I really hope the, the the Texas Alabama game's a good one because you're right. It feels like if that had been a 51 to seven snoozer, it may have been an actual 51 to seven Craig Way snoozer. We might have heard you snoring on 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 the uh, on the air, and we might you might have had to uh, you know give it up. I don't know who's doing sidelines for you guys. We might have had to run up and and, and call a game. <laughs> Well, yeah, we might have, might have had to pull Will Matthews, the former uh, Texas Longhorn fullback. He blocked for Cedric Benson and former Westwood Warrior from Round Rock, who uh, uh, he's done a good job. He's in his second season with us. Yeah, we might have had to uh, stick him up next to Roger Wallace in the booth had it been like that, but it wasn't. So it was it was good energy and a good ball game. I had a lot of fun with it, too. And, and I think they, they showed some fight and showed the development of what Sark is trying to do with the program. There's, there's a long way to go, and nobody's counting any kind of moral victory or anything like that. And, by the way, they've got injuries that they're mm-hmm. dealing with, especially at the quarterback spot. So, uh, you know, you could see – you could see Hudson Card at quarterback. You might see Quinn Ewers, although I kind of doubt that, even though he's listed as day-to-day. You could see the former Austin High Maroon Charles Wright take snaps at quarterback. So, And you could also see the one-time high school quarterback from uh, Port Nature's Groves. You know, uh, uh, you could see Roshan Johnson take some snaps uh, out of the Wildcat set. So, yeah, it, everything's on the table for the game this week against UTSA. All right, Craig. Uh, speaking of going on down in Austin, I guess technically it wasn't in Austin, I think, but it was it was more or less a, a you know it was it was a UIL event yesterday, and that was the state executive committee came together and and handed down some relatively remarkable punishment um, yesterday. If you didn't hear, uh, Richland Springs coach uh, uh, Jerry Burkhart, he of the nine state championships there at at, at Richland Springs, has been suspended by the UIL for three years uh, due to allegations of recruiting um i know that he is a bit of a lightning rod in the six-man community uh but this is a pretty remarkable uh piece of news that came down yesterday from i believe the state executive committee met in rochelle so i'm i'm very interested in 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 your overall kind of grasp and and feel for this story and 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 just kind of how remarkable it is yeah a a remarkable punishment 
would have to have some remarkable evidence behind it. And apparently that is the case there. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of things, uh, you know, whispers, rumor, innuendo, things like that, that have surrounded the Richland Springs program for several years now. And and some of that may have been rooted in uh, some jealousy on the part of some folks as, as Coach Burkhardt had things going there. But there sometimes there is some fire where there is some smoke. And apparently the, it was a raging inferno in this particular case. The, of course, the district executive committee for 161A met with, uh, you know, with the Rochelle, uh, it, it, the uh, the guy who was running the meeting there, the Rochelle AD, and uh, that's where that was. And of course, it winds up being appealed to the state executive committee. The interesting thing about this is, and, and you and I were talking about this earlier, is that the DEC did not want to make a motion to decide on the punishment. They wanted the state executive committee to decide the length of the punishment, but they refused to accept a one-year suspension for the kid from Mullen, who they feel kind of got coerced into the whole thing, uh, you know, you know, in, in terms of, of switching for athletic purposes. Here's, here's the smoking gun, so mm-hmm. to speak, about what it comes down to. Um, there's the PAPF, the, uh, the, you know, the Parent Athlete Participation Forum. In the committee meeting, Coach Burkhart and the, the Richland Springs contingent admitted to changing that PAPF, where the student-athlete was apparently transferring not for athletic purposes on the original thing, but then apparently he had written that down originally, and then it was changed. Then, uh, after that... There was uh, the mother of the young man uh, changed the PAPF. She admitted that at the SEC meeting, and there were several of those participation forms. And then the real heavy-duty bit of evidence were phone records. And there were phone records showing that there were calls made uh, from uh, Coach Burkhart to uh, the young man. And uh, I think Coach Burkhart said in the meeting that he w- could introduce – phone records that he would bring his own but the DEC DEC said the time for that was today at the meeting Mm -hmm. and he 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 denied you know calling the kid but there were records showing that that number was called back from his number more than one time so there was some real empirical evidence here and that's why it got to that level where the state executive committee then made the decision to suspend because this is out and out recruiting at that point, and that's the line you can't cross, and that's why they made the ruling that they did. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know we we talked about how the the UIL doesn't really have what the like the NCAA has the has the 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 idea of the show cause which is basically that they can at that point they can come down and drop the hammer on you uil doesn't really have that but i did find the 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 punishment to be pretty remarkable as uh, as as jerry burkhardt of richland springs will be suspended for three seasons we're, we're talking with craig way the texas high school ball hall of famer here on texas football today get involved in the conversation at hashtag tf today all right Craig, let me ask you a little bit about some of what we saw last week, because I I thought that there were a number of, of really blue bloods that I thought put together impressive performances on Friday night that were go, that are going to ultimately kind of shape the way things look. So I'll I'll give it to you like this. I'll give you three teams. You tell me who impressed you the most last week. Was it Refurio? Taking down 3A Division I state-ranked Edna, was it Galena Park North Shore 
taking down their um, or taking down uh, Spring Westfield in in impressive fashion, or was it Allen with a big bounce back win on the road at Arling at top ten Arlington Martin? Which of those three performances moved the needle most for you? Well, I'm probably going to go with the middle one, and, and that's North Shore because you know you and I talked about you know if you could transport to a game and we thought the game with spring westfield would probably be a tight ball game we mentioned spring westfield a very good team and this game was never tight uh north shore took advantage of it and just had a real stranglehold on it they look the part of the state champion now refurio we've gotten used to in some prior season seeing them uh you know put a beat down on teams from higher classifications. It's just there might have been a little more uh, question about the Bobcats after the early loss, but they seem to have regained their footing. And Allen really seemed to regain its footing as well after they lost to a you know, a, a, a team, a private school in St. John Bosco, mm-hmm. who can obviously pick and choose from a lot of different athletes. They, they bounce back with the, the win over C.E. King and then, and then now being able to go and beat a very solid Arlington Martin. What that says to me is that Lee Wigginton is now getting his guys entrenched into what, what his culture is and what he's trying to do with that. But what North Shore did to lopsidedly dominate a really good team – uh, I think you even said it on the show on Friday night. This is scary, you know, for, for a lot of teams in 6AD1. It could be really scary as this season progresses. Uh, finally, Craig, it's the meanest thing we do to each other each week, and that is to make you pick a game. Uh, uh, it's it's a strange week in week four. A lot of bye weeks across the state, uh, and, and so maybe it's, there's not that kind of top-end depth that we're so used to, but that doesn't mean there are not great games across the state of Texas in week four. I present to you... That you may transport, you may you may teleport to any of these three contests, but only one of them. You can either go to Robert Nail Memorial Stadium in Albany to watch Hawley in Albany play. You can go down to Quero to watch Quero and Corpus Christi Cal Allen. Or you can go to Brock and watch winless Brock <laughs> welcome in the Gunner Tigers. Which of those three small school games are you going to go with? Okay, let me cross a couple off the list here that you I thought maybe. So that's going to cross off Cooper and Collinsville. Yes. Two three was there. That. That's going to cross off Davenport and Lockhart. Two three and O's there. Ita- uh, we'll you can't go to Itasca and Bartlett. Also a matchup of undefeated. Itasca and Bartlett will cross that off. And you know, uh, you know, we 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 can pick a six man game every week. And, yeah. and the one you're going to is a good one mm-hmm. uh, there uh, with Bluffdale and Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and and by the way, a consolation prize. I'm, I'll tell you another game I'm intrigued by. Tap. How about Permian and Harker Heights this week? Uh, genuine, uh, genuinely very interested in that one. Yeah, uh, a couple of three and I think we get a better read on both of those teams uh, out there again. So, um, having said that, I'm feeling lower classification this week, and I like Holly Albany. I think that has a, a chance to be a real dandy. There's a decisive lack of Lano and Coleman here, but what oh, do I here know? we go. This is this is this is <laughs> Lano erasure. Is what this is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I you know I thought that should have been a part of the uh, maybe uh, try to get, gather some highlights for the show on that Lano coming off the win over Crockett and the Jackets have it rolling pickle so we're, we're keeping our eye. 
I, I believe Sarah Merrifield's going to be down there for our friends at Valley Sports Southwest. So, oh, good, she gets good. See, well, there you go. There you go. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. That made the grid. She's going to do her stand up in front of the Ashley Pickle statue. Oh, it's gosh. Craigway. He's a Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer. Uh, of course, hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday uh, with his friend Jeff Howe. Uh, and then you can see him on High School Scoreboard Live on Valley Sports Southwest coming up here at 11 o'clock on Friday. Craig, appreciate your time, and I will see you on Friday, sir. Here's my question. Does the statue of Pickle have her in her uh, basketball uniform, the cheerleader outfit, and is she holding a microphone? <laughs> yeah, all of no, it. It's no amazing. cheerleader outfit. It's, it's Maybe amazing. the basketball shorts. It's all of them. It's all of them. Uh, <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot, Craig. <laughs> Bye, Craig. All right. We'll see you. There he goes. Craig White, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Tuesdays today. Uh, if you will. Nobody says that. Everyone says it. It's not, in the comments. Not a single person has ever said that. Don't worry, guys. I read your comments. Mm, that makes one of us. <laughs> We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle! Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up again this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Weekend. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 3 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees... Big Spring defensive coordinator Mario Heredia. The Steers held high-powered Monahan's 227 yards total offense and scored the program's first safety in six years in a 24-20 victory. Coach McWilliams reached out to me to nominate Coach Heredia for uh, for his defense coordinator. He told me he was like he's like that's a, we looked it up. That's our first safety in six years. I'm like, that's a fun fact. I'm gonna include him. <laughs> Full sheer offensive coordinator Billy Noonan. The Chargers offense continued its toward pace in Week Three, torching district rival Magnolia for 653 yards in a 53-50 victory to improve to three and zero. That dropped. They scored 53 points and it dropped their average. <laughs> Uh, I would say that means you're doing pretty well on the season. San Antonio Brandeis defensive coordinator Calvarit Nixon, or Maddox rather. Why did I say Nixon? Calvarit Ma- Maddox. The Bronco- Broncos stymied San Antonio Marshall in its district opener, holding the Rams just 106 yards total offense in a 24-0 shutout victory. And finally, Paradise offensive coordinator Lane Wilson. Fueled by six total touchdowns from Austin Iglesias, the Panthers put on an offensive show in their 51-15 win over Godley. So those are your week three Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Uno mas. One more. Is that right? Yes. Well done. What are we doing now? Oh, yeah. Coaches of the Week. Are we doing? Oh, yeah. I guess we're doing Coaches of the Week. Dave Campbell's Texas Football (laughs) is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognizes the special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 3... Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. And 6A, Ray Gates from North Crowley. In his first season at North Crowley, Coach Gates has the Panthers flying with a 3-0 start after upsetting state-ranked state Class 5A Lovejoy 28-20 on Thursday night as No Crow put together a virtuoso defensive performance against one of the state's best offenses. In 5A, John King from Longview. Coach King's number one ranked Lobos did nothing to dissuade us from that ranking on Friday night with a dominant 69-0 win over Tyler Legacy. It was King's 200th win as head coach. He holds an impressive 243 overall record. 
He's fine, I guess. In 4A, Gage Perry from Robstown. Coach Perry has long struggling Robstown, sitting at 3-0 and for the first time since 2010 after a huge 50-3 win over Progresso. In 3A, Joaquin Escobar from Comanche. Coach Escobar's Indians continue to silence the doubters as Comanche continued their red-hot start with a 49-40 win over early. In 2A, Stephen Brosh from Granger. Brosh, who is one of the bright young head coaches in Texas, helped Granger improve to 2-1 on the season with a 28-20 win, upset win over Holland. In 1A, Randall Ballou from Golson. Entering the season on a 21-game losing streak, Ballou has turned the fortunes of the Wildcats in a hurry, leading to a 54-6 Mercy Rule win over Waco Parkview to improve to 3-0 on the year. Lost 21 straight, now 3-0. And the private school ranks Phil Dawson from Austin Hyde Park Baptist. The former NFL and Texas Longhorns kicker has made himself at home in his first year with the Panthers, guiding to a 64-14 win over Austin Lassa to move to 3-0 in the season, just a year removed from a winless campaign. So those are your Week 3, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thank you for everything you do for your players, schools, and communities. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. All right, Pickle, one last thing to do today. And that is, do we not have it? Oh, the plays of the week. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's why it confused me when you said we got new oh, coaches of the week. Because yeah. normally we do plays of the week, then coaches Sorry, of the week. Sorry, I skipped that. Anyway, one last thing to do today. <laughs> I have to remind our producer, it's time for the Dave Campbell Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. That's right. Our, uh, our uh, Presented by our friends at Body Armor, I should say. Thank you, Body Armor. Dave Campbell's Texan Live top ten plays of the week. Our our staff, our crew, we 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 what we do is we we put out a call for all sorts of plays. Uh, if you've it's got a top signal. ten play, hashtag DCTF top ten, uh, put it on there, and and we gather them all up. And we have a very sophisticated computer here. It's like the size of a whole room, and it crunches through the numbers and it comes up with what are the Dave Campbell's Texan Live top ten plays of the week presented by Body Armor. Here's what the computer spit out here for week three. Two left, first time I've seen that this year. Shotgun, a little inside scratch. Who you get? Then Miller's got it. Breaks one tackle, slips to the left. Oh, he's in 50 40. They don't make the tackle. He's gone. That's 22 5. Touchdown, Tigers. Good Lord, that's why they get the ball in his hands. And here we go. The second half is underway in College Station. Tisdale fields it at the goal line. A.J. Tisdale looking for room, and he's got him. A.J. Tisdale into the open field. He's at midfield inside the 35. He'll go all the way. Wisconsin, you've got yourself a dog. Touchdown, College Station. For all alone. He'll drop back, look to his left. Now he's going to look into the corner of the end zone. Incomplete. Pistol formation. Hayden fakes to Hayden. Dion rolling right. Man's wide open and ball tipped and caught. Rolling. One-handed pick. My goodness. Shadow Creek takes over. Mitchell rolling to the near side. Got a man to Jean. Caught and trying to break out of the tackle, but he's not going to be able to do that. Then he slips by. DeGene headed down the sideline. He's going to score a 45-yard touchdown. 
from the 15 now. Owens is going to launch it down the field, and the catch is made by Owens! And Owens is down the sidelines! And a touchdown for Cy Fair! Handoff and getting thrown down, now breaking a tackle back inside the 30, trying to make something out of nothing here is Jonathan Hill. He will do so, and Jonathan Hill is going to take it down the near sideline! Inside the 30-yard line, Hill's going to take it all the way. Touchdown, Langham Creek. There it is, your Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by our friends at Body Armor. That's, uh, I believe, Kelby Valson, Valson, the uh, receiver for uh, Arlington Bowie, who uh, on that, that was the last play of the that game. That last play. He, uh, he, uh, he returns, a, or rather he takes a screen pass for a game-winning touchdown against Plano. So anyway, there it is, your Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by our friends at Body Armor. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, we had some comments earlier when we were doing our college football segment, and I think it brings up a really good point. Uh, just wondering maybe why we were so high on Houston to make the playoffs, and I think it's because when you looked at their schedule, they had mm -hmm. a good strength of schedule in mm -hmm. their all their best games are their away games, so that's tough. Mm -hmm. I think that they had a good non-conference schedule. But then also, too, we saw Cincinnati make it last mm -hmm. year when they won the uh, AAC, so – they had a better shot than oh, yeah. most. No, I thought that I thought their schedule lined up well. I thought they had a they, they have a great quarterback in Clayton Toon. Mm -hmm. They have a the, the, in my opinion the best receiver in the state uh, in, uh, in in Tank Dell. Um, I mean their defense looked like it was going to take a big step forward. Um, and there's still a lot to play for. They can certainly still win a conference championship. Things mm -hmm. like that. They can still make it in a New Year Six Bowl. For sure. Maybe. Yeah. I just don't think that I, I think they, the, they the top four. If, games, if you're in the AAC, yeah. you got to run the table to have a, to, to yeah. snip the playoff, and that is uh, out the window. Now, a lot so. of people were guessing that they might end up in the Cotton Bowl, which would be cool yeah. from a like a state of Texas perspective. Would be cool. Would be cool. Probably been a while since they've been in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Probably back south of the conference days. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Craig White, the Hall of Famer, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.